1: You're listening to a Rare Drop podcast. Check us out at raredrop.co.
0: professional podcasters chat kind of and this is why dave filoni will never
1: hang out with us false we just now you're gonna hang out with the rock you're gonna work out with the rock
0: oh my god dude i would i would lose myself but that's for that's for the jam not for
1: here because we're talking about star wars yeah you just wait you just wait hunter come here come tell tim what you just had for dessert come here listen to this tim tell tim what did you just have I had a Millennium Falcon ice cream sandwich for a dessert. From Publix, Tim. I
0: never thought I'd be envious of your child, but here I am. <laughs> Publix, freezer section. Done, when, On it. Is it low in sugar content? No. Absolutely I'm not. I'm going go
1: with no. It is two cookies with vanilla <laughs> ice cream in the middle. All right. Noted. <laughs> uh yeah i saw that in the store and he's been asking for ice cream sandwiches and i was like he's gonna eat these because so then i brought him home and he was like oh my god i'm so excited and i was like they're gonna be delicious because it's an ice cream sandwich <laughs> and he thinks it's the funniest <laughs> shit in the world it's great i love it i love him that's fantastic so i pulled a few things uh this week uh namely the first thing we want to talk about is the thing everyone tagged us in all week Uh, And that was uh, the person on Twitter, Chris Tapley or Tapley, who made the simple statement that every single Star Wars film has the wrong title. God, this was so good, Kevin. It was groundbreaking. So we're going to go through each one, one by one, starting with episode one, all the way through episode nine. And we're going to tell you, obviously, you already know the title, but we're going to tell you what Chris said the title should be. And then you're going to agree with it and go, oh, he's right. Mm-hmm. So the Phantom Menace should have be should have been called the Rise of Skywalker.
0: Mm-hmm. He's so right. It should have been called the Rise of Skywalker. It should have been the Rise of Skywalker it's- because that's when Annie got picked up and started his training to be a Jedi.
1: Rise of Skywalker. Crazy. Episode two, Attack of the Clones, should have been called. Revenge of the Sith. Because it's true. Because the Sith,
0: a.k.a. Palpatine, created an army so that he could overthrow the Jedi.
1: Okay, Chris Tapley plagiarizes this. It's actually from fake Disney facts on TikTok. Sorry. All right. And then episode three, which is called Revenge of the Sith, should have been called... Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones!
0: Because the clones attacked the Jedi.
1: Why does it make so much sense?
0: Honestly, that's the part that bugs me the most. Is that he was just spot on with all of it, and it made and that that's probably the scariest part is that it made so much sense.
1: Episode four should have been called not a new hope, but Return of the Jedi. Because everyone thought the Jedi were
0: dead. And lo and behold, they pop back up. It's just, it's just too good. It actually gives me goosebumps thinking about it right
1: now because it's so right. Episode five, Empire Strikes Back, should have been called The Force Awakens.
0: I hate it. That's when that's when Luke starts to really become a Jedi and the
1: Force is awakening. Episode six. Should have been called, instead of Return of the Jedi, the last
0: Jedi. It's true because Luke was the only actual Jedi alive, Kevin.
1: (sighs) And here we are. Episode 7, The Force Awakens. This one I kind of disagree with. This guy says it should have been called "The Empire Strikes Back." It's exactly uh, the Empire. I don't, yeah, that
0: that one I didn't agree with. I agree with you on that. So, because it really wasn't the Empire; it was the New Order. Which I mean, I guess you could one could argue that really
1: the new the new or the first order really is just was, the Empire. I was going to say I coming back. Remember an eighties synthwave band. In episode 7, attacking. Uh, Episode 8, The Last Jedi should have been called. A New Hope!
0: Really should have. Really should have been A New Hope.
1: And finally, episode 9, The Rise of Skywalker should have been called. Phantom Menace! Son of a.
0: Cut out what? The Phantom Menace! The Phantom Menace. Because Palpatine was, in fact, a fing phantom.
1: <sighs> yep. That was really good. I know some of you disagree with that, but, uh, f- you. Thanks, Kevin. Just hold <laughs> him out. Is. This is how you have to talk you. to Star Wars fans, Tim. You have to be direct, and you have what to you, establish yourself as the alpha in this situation. Ah. Don't give them ground. You need to take the high ground. <laughs>
0: Look them right in the eyes. Don't move. Just be like, no, you're wrong. Hmm. Yes. Good. Talk to him like trash. Mm. Love it. <laughs> ah, yes.
1: <laughs> All right. So I picked I picked this one up. This one's so stupid, but it's so much fun. There's a couple things in here I didn't know. It's uh, from Ranker, and it's 26 small but poignant details from Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. Uh, so the first one is when um, Anakin walks into Sidious's office, mm-hmm. he's looking at plans of the Death Star on his screen. Yes, he is. Correct? Yeah. Did yep. you never Did you never notice that? Nope. Nope. Really? You yep. didn't notice that? hmm Whoa. Okay. In Revenge of the Sith, the scene where Darth Vader rises up on the table, Qui-Gon Jinn's funeral theme from the Phantom Menace plays. Just as it signaled the death of Qui-Gon, it now signals the death of Anakin. Oh, Uh, I like that one. When Obi-Wan says goodbye to Anakin for the last time, Anakin is in shadows while Obi-Wan is out in the light. And they have a picture here, and I can see it, showing that Anakin has already begun his transition to the dark side. Ooh. Anakin's burn makeup in Revenge of the Sith pretty much replicates exactly uh, the makeup on him in Return of the Jedi, the the long scar across the cheek and a huge gash across the head. Mm Mm-hmm. Which supposedly are both from Obi Wan.
0: Ooh, that's that's good.
1: Uh Anakin's transformation into Darth Vader in Revenge of the Sith. Anakin's heartbeat can be heard in the background. This I knew. Until Vader's helmet is put on. Anakin dies the moment Vader is born. That one I knew. Hmm. Uh this one most of us knew too. The belly bump in uh Padme's burials to hide the twins. Yep. I don't think you're yeah. listening to this podcast. If you Everyone should that know that. Um, the table that Anakin's operation is taking place on resembles the symbol of the new empire as well. Really? Yeah, if you look at it from the angle that I'm looking at it, it looks like the middle of the insignia with the lines going out. Oh, Um, I like that. So uh, during the the Yingling scene, the ignition sound of Anakin's lightsaber previously sounded like a conventional Jedi's. In the youngling scene, when Anakin activates a saber, we hear the sound of Vader's lightsaber from the original uh, symbolizing his transition to the dark side, which is interesting because it's still the same lightsaber.
0: That's good.
1: Um, That's really cool. Yeah, it's just these small details that are fun. Uh, The fight with Count Dooku, Anakin would end up killing everyone in this scene at some point in the franchise. True. Because everybody's in that room. uh Palpatine tells Anakin to leave Obi Wan behind, but Anakin says his fate will be the same as ours. All three individuals die on a Death Star.
0: <laughs> oh, I like that too.
1: Some of the coughs that General Grievous makes are actually George Lucas coughing. They were recorded without him even knowing and slipped into the film by sound editor Matthew Wood. <laughs> That's funny. The Sith spirit urns in Darth Sidious' collection uh, on either side of the door to his office contain the remains of Darth Plagueis. Shut the fuck up. According to this? No. Uh, in episode three, there's a small YT-1300 Corellian light freighter, the Millennium Falcon, arriving on Coruscant in one of the docking bay scenes.
0: I remember that. Yep.
1: Uh, Palpatine mentions that the apprentice of darth plague gets the wise palpatine himself obviously killed his master after being taught everything his master knew this is foreshadowing to when anakin will kill his own master obi-wan his jedi teacher in a new hope uh yeah if you didn't catch that one you shouldn't be here either uh palpatine urges anakin oh. to kill count dooku anakin regrets this decision and palpatine reasons with him saying that dooku is too dangerous mace windu says the exact same thing about palpatine right before he was about to kill him, but Anakin stops Windu before he can do this as well. Never caught that, honestly. (laughs) Obi-Wan tries and fails to cut Anakin in half. Uh, Oh, the first time Anakin jumps over him, he tries to cut him in half and misses, and then he succeeds the second time after warning him. Uh, Don't try it again, Anakin. which, Which leads you to believe that he... Avoid it the first time around and then verbally warned him and then was forced to.
0: True, yeah, because, I mean, he tells him, don't try that again. Yeah, I have the high ground. Um, like he was still, like, like, teaching him.
1: When Anakin and Obi-Wan rescue Palpatine, Obi-Wan bows while approaching him. Anakin does not bow, but walks up immediately and asks if he's all right, showing mm-hmm. his much more casual, friendly relationship with the Chancellor, aside from the Jedi.
0: I feel like, I feel like Obi-Wan caught on to that, though.
1: Uh, The chair Palpatine is held captive in uh, in Revenge of the Sith parallels his future throne room chair in Return of the Jedi with him even swiveling around in it in a very similar Mm -hmm. manner. Furthermore, in this chair is where he first reveals any hint that he's the secret Sith Lord. I knew that one. George Lucas makes his first and only Star Wars film appearance in Revenge of the Sith. You what? can spot him in the Galaxy Opera House as Anakin rushes to meet the uh, Chancellor Palpatine in the background. Oh no way! I didn't yeah, know he, that. I think he's That's a chess. Cool. Oh really? Yeah, oh he, cool. He looks like a chubby Chiss. Uh, uh You can see Obi Wan Kenobi's victory kill markings, even though he often uh, expresses his displeasure of flying. Uh, flying is for droids. So on his on his starfighter, you can see all of his kills racked up. Mm. Uh, a few more. Uh, Jedi Master Syndralig was portrayed by the film's stunt coordinator Nick Gillard who choreographed all the prequel lightsaber duels. The name Syndralig is actually his name in reverse. Oh, that's cool. Uh, Re- General Grievous makes one big cough before communicating with Sidious to make sure he doesn't cough in front of him when they're oh. talking on the holo communicator. Uh during the Battle of Utapu, uh there's a clone trooper who is boxing with a battle droid and yeah, they circle it. It's behind uh Obi Wan when he's riding the boop. That's cool. Uh that one's boring. Revenge of the Sith originally contained a scene where Palpatine had control of Anakin's lightsaber during his fight with Mace Windu. Eventually, the script (gasps) changed, but the fight sequence was kept. If you look closely, you can see that Palpatine is using Anakin's lightsaber hilt in the final film. Interesting. What? And the last one. General Grievous is the only villain who does not have a red lightsaber since he keeps those of the Jedi he defeated. Did you enjoy that?
0: I, I actually really enjoyed learning about stuff that I didn't actually know. That is very cool. Um, the one with with Sidious controlling Anakin's lightsaber has me kind of geeking out a little bit. That's a very interesting thought.
1: Yeah, I would love to like see I, I, I an wish version would
0: have, I wish they would have left that in. That would have been neat. I'm kind of bummed that they took that out. Well, that sucks. Sorry. Are you bummed now? A little bit.
1: I'm sorry, chat. It's not bad. I mean, I'm okay. I'll get over it. But it's still really cool. chat. if you want to submit those questions, you can use the questions command on Twitch or you can check the pinned comment on Facebook. Uh, we got a few more things and then we'll dive into some questions. But I only have a few. So the more questions you ask, the longer the show is. Wink, wink. Mm. Um, this comes from comicbook.com. Uh, Star Wars The High Republic features a major connection to a mysterious Force Awakens character. Ooh, who is it? The Star Wars franchise is uh, at an interesting impasse at the moment, with the next feature film not set to debut until 2023. Countless TV shows currently in various stages of development, and other stories set to be told in other mediums. One of the most buzzworthy stories that the franchise is ramping up to tell will dive into the High Republic era, which is 200 years before the events of the prequel trilogy. The era is set to be explored in comics and books for all ages. Blah, 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 delayed, blah, 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 blah. blah. Uh, uh, <sighs> Lucasfilm has been gradually providing hints of what fans can expect. The latest came through an article on the Star Wars official website, which highlighted some of the series' Jedi Knights. Among these are the Santeca family, which seem to be the ancestors of sequel trilogy character Lore Santeca. Lore Santeca is who um, uh, Poe meets in the beginning of The Force Awakens.
0: Oh, okay. I'm like, why does this sound so familiar?
1: Uh, yeah, he's the one that says, like, she'll always be a queen to me. Yeah. Or princess, something like that. Um, so, Laura Santeca's family is apparently connected to the High Republic and their Jedi Knights, which is very interesting. Ooh. Uh, the description is, once just a family of hardscrabble hyperspace prospectors seeking valuable roots in the outer reaches of the galaxy, um... Charles Sewell, one of the co creators of the High Republic, explains to StarWars.com, Wars.com, the Santeca clan has become a dynasty at the forefront of technologies and techniques that let Chancellor Linso's Great Galactic Republic continue to expand safely to new areas. Overseen by Scion's Marlin and Velas Santeca, the clan operates in close conjunction with the Republic and becomes crucial to its response to the Great Disaster. But the Santecas have a secret. Their rise Wait, What's did-
0: What's the Great Disaster? We don't know yet. Okay.
1: We will learn all about this. Okay. It's unclear how uh who of Lor San Tekka's ancestors will factor into the High Republic era but the world-building we get from them will certainly make fans look at his initial appearances in a whole new way. Oh. Oh shit. Well, he see he seems very connected to Leia, which in turn yes. would probably um keep him connected I mean, to the Organas right there's something there's definitely a connection there with Alderaan, for so, sure so yeah it seems like his family was always part of probably the better best way to put it is part of like this royal family of the republic if you will uh since the high republic era but another I
0: would just like to talk about the great disaster
1: we don't know what it that is yet be- i think that's the calamity that that will take place in the high republic oh. <laughs> I could see if they released anything on it. I don't think they did. Great Disaster Star Wars. Um Great Disaster was an event that occurred during the High Republic era in approximately 232 BBY. The disaster caused starships all across the galaxy to be abruptly launched out of hyperspace. Uh Great Dis- What? It, yeah, it's unveiled in the trailer announcing the High Republic. No details yet. It will be in the books. Launches
0: them out of hyperspace. (laughs) It will be
1: in the books: Light of the Jedi, A Test of Courage, Into the Dark, and The High Republic One.
0: Ooh,
1: that sounds like fun. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's all we got.
0: Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. That's all. That did that book get delayed? Yes,
1: it was supposed to come out this month. Till when? I don't know if they announced it. Let me see. Okay. High Republic. Because I know my United Audible. States. I got, I got an alert saying like, "Hey, by the way, this
0: book that you were you oh heard I'm sorry, Tim, you're
1: gonna be upset." What? January fifth, twenty twenty
0: one. Oh come
1: on! Sorry, Tim. Take that sip.
0: Man, I was really excited for a new Star Wars book. So See, you've been you, you've been doing Ahsoka out by the pool. How's that been?
1: Ahsoka's been good. Uh, Did um, you finish it? Chapter fourteen. I got like four oh, hours so left. You're getting
0: close. Yeah, it's like I think there's like 16 the Empire.
1: Chapters. The Empire attacked. Um, they're the rebelling. She was that. Yeah, one mm-hmm. of the main Well, not main characters. One of the sub characters just got killed. Yep. Uh, in one of the scuffles. Um, so they're they're I think they're planning their next attack. Where I'm at right now. Um. Yeah, that's what I was Good. thinking, Werewood, with the with the what was it called? Great disaster or whatever. Uh it's interesting to see where people get kicked out of hyperspace too. Yeah. Cause that could land them in all over the place. Mm-hmm. So interesting. This one comes from screenrant.com. How the last Jedi builds upon Lucas's Clone Wars Retcon. Retcon? The Last Jedi builds upon George Lucas's Clone Wars retcon with the traditional good versus evil story. Star Wars fans are used to the idea that there is a plan in the works, that everything is proceeding as a visionary figure has foreseen, even if that reputation is rather overstated. It certainly wasn't the case for the sequel trilogy, where Lucasfilm clearly lacked any overarching vision. As a result, it's hardly a surprise the sequels have proved controversial. The sequels arguably started off on the right foot, george lucas rightly criticized the force awakens for not doing anything fresh and new but that was because disney believed they needed to show that they could be trusted with the beloved franchise before daring to take any risks and risks were certainly coming with Rian johnson making a series of bold choices in the last jedi unfortunately disney's surprise these story choices proved even more controversial the film was financial success blah 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 blah, blah, blah. uh one of the more he- heavily criticized subplots saw finn and rose travel the planet canto bite where they learned oh. financiers are backing both the first order and the resistance. This sat uncomfortably oh. with many fans who felt Johnson was doing disservice to the franchise by abandoning the traditional good versus evil dynamic, adding an element of shades of gray that they didn't believe worked in Star Wars. But great Jedi, there was just one problem with this view. Johnson's idea was actually building upon themes George Lucas had attempted to retcon into Star Wars several years ago with the Clone Wars oh. animated series. Oh. It's true that the original Star Wars films had a simple light versus dark theme, but Lucas had consistently worked to add depth and nuance to the franchise. That was most visibly in the prequel trilogy where allies of the Jedi turned up... uh, turned upon them at Palpatine's command. When Lucas moved on to the Clone Wars, he added he decided to add another element to the franchise, subtly write, rewriting his lore to show organizations such as the Trade Federation, the Techno Union, as war profiteers. They were shown represented the Republic Senate while simultaneously providing arms to the Separatists. It's a smart retcon making the Star Wars galaxy a little more like a real world where conflict sadly does result in big profits. There's more, but that's the gist of the article. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, it's it's... I don't. I disagree with the part where the the author in that says that Star Wars fans are not used to good versus evil because that was before Clone that's Wars. The, entire, the video that's games the
0: entire premise of
1: Star Wars. But even in the video games, there was the gray element. You know, when you played Coder and you met Julie Bindo and Kashik, He's right. You know, he's the beginning of like a, a, a. Oh, the Jedi aren't absolutely good. So I disagree with that sentiment. Maybe in the films and stuff. But again, it goes back to Star Wars being for kids because the films really need to cater to the idea that there is a good and there is an evil. There's bad and there's good. And, you know, they don't want to confuse it also just, it children also plays
0: really well. I mean, like, just like it's just a good hero story. You'd need a good guy. You need a bad guy. But you also need the good guy who kind of walks the edge a little bit. Who kind of dapper dapples in the, uh, the like sauce. Yeah. And mace, even mace. Hell. Hell, even I mean, look at Luke. I mean, he has those moments of of dark in him. Look at Return of the Jedi. Look at him in the throne room, man. He thinks about slaughtering his dad.
1: You know, he he, he
0: kind of just leans into that evil just a little bit.
1: Or even so, a, I think you can even say you can even argue. This is a stretch, but you can say Hux in um, Rise of Skywalker, turning on on um, on everyone. He ends up dying yeah. and he did it for his own selfish reasons but still yeah. Ray using force I he, lightning. I, I thought that was super fun. I'm the spy. This,
0: this is hot. No, we can hear you.
1: I laughed really hard at that part. I don't give a shit it was what the rest really It was really good. I'm the spy. Hilarious.
0: <laughs> <laughs> poor guy he just wanted to be the. he just wanted to come out on top that's all he wanted
1: he 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 came out he just
0: wanted to come out on top dude that's all came out on
1: something but yeah (laughs) i i'm all about depth and i agree with george of creating that and it definitely isn't clone especially going back and watching it with hunter again like it's definitely there the ambiguity of of evil and good But from from film perspective, you always need to take a more straight, streamlined um, attempt for something like Star Wars. I don't think it fits. You know, you like you could look at Marvel Civil War. And like, why are all the heroes fighting each other? And they disagree about this, that and the other thing and blah, 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 blah. But
0: that's a complex thought for a child to have.
1: Right. But those those movies also aren't made for children. They're made for teenagers and up.
0: Right, and so it's easier to convey that type of thought process, right, to an older person. But again, Star Wars, at its at its whole, will keep on coming back to this comment, is designed for kids, and it's for them to have a a complex, like mindset when it comes to something like that, where you know it's all about morality and beliefs, and you know my 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 thought and the way that I feel supersedes how you feel because I think it's the right thing to do, whereas you know it's like. Everyone has, you know, their their feelings and beliefs. So it's like you can't. I don't think you can even properly convey that in a Star Wars movie. I just don't know how that would work.
1: Yeah. Other than
0: other than the line of uh, it, the only time that you can actually say that ever happened in Star Wars is Episode Three, Anakin turning to the dark side. That's the only time, like, because he even says, "From my point of view, the Jedi are evil," and he lays out reasons as to why. And and Obi Wan is set in his in his in his beliefs. And what he's practiced and what he's taught is that he fervently believed that Anakin was wrong and Obi was right. But from Anakin's point of view, his his thoughts made sense. And I, you have to, you, I mean, you really have to, you know, sit back and and think. Okay, you know, were the Jedi always right? No, no. It's it's shown time and time again. Look at Clone Wars. Look at Ahsoka. Look at look at all these things. But it's it's a quick little it's a quick little thing to help continue to develop. Darth Vader as a character. Like, that's the only reason why that was put there. Um,
1: so it also, his confusion also leaves a glimmer of hope for the future if you're looking at it from a linear point. From sure. point from episodes three to episode six, it leaves that hope that, you know, oh, he's confused. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea also that Anakin dies technically and is resurrected can also be part of that conversation. But, Ancillary material will always have more depth to it when it comes to things like that. Even Ezra people are talking about oh, rebels man. and stuff. His, his journey his
0: redemption is his redemption story is fantastic. He's that was really fun. Very
1: similar to Ahsoka who goes on a mm-hmm. journey. But that's what the ancillary material is for. It's for you to take those journeys with them through light and dark and things like that. And even the comic books, when we see Kylo, uh, which I just started reading those too. Um Are those they, good? Yeah, they're really good. I can give you my Marvel login if you want. I have the first floor. Yeah, I four. like that. Um, so even Kylo, seeing how confused he was when he left like the Jedi Temple and he didn't really understand, well, Luke's Jedi Temple, and he didn't really understand you know, how things were going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but seeing that character in him in the comics also reflects nicely into the movies for me because it shows why he's a big baby with a temper tantrum because he's never had any formal training. He really is right. a lost child in the midst of all this, kind of searching for that parental guidance. So the moments with his parents are very, well, his father's at least, are very poignant um, and make more sense. And his temper tantrums tie into that. So. Interesting. Yep. World building. It's very important. It's super important. It's what. Uh, have you seen all over. Social media everyone's like Star Wars or uh, Lord of the Rings and and The Hobbit and which one's better?
0: Yes, I haven't Yeah, I was wondering what sparked
1: that. I don't know, but now everyone's bringing Star Wars into it and the fights are just hilarious. Oh no. But I mean like Star Wars from a world-building perspective beats the shit out of both of them. From a one to one story, sure. oh, I wouldn't say Star Wars has the best story of all of those. No. But, but from a, a a complete universal sense? no pun intended yeah star wars Uh, kicks the shit out of both of them yeah and lord of the rings is super detailed as a universe with tons of history but i still think star wars takes the cake especially if you include legends and whatnot the anniversary of harry potter yeah
0: oh that's what's oh well i guess that makes sense i guess why i guess that makes sense why people feel the need to compare their favorite things to other favorite things
1: you can't just enjoy things anymore. They have to be compared.
0: No, Kevin, you just can't. You just can't enjoy things. Can you believe I really love Star Wars and Lord of the Rings? No. Can you even fathom Dare that? You, I, I can't know. believe that oh, you didn't mention the best thing of all, Star Trek. I
1: can't let you enjoy that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's go uh, to the questions. We questions? Oh, we, we got questions. a bunch now. We got a bunch. Talkers. This one's Big from Poggers. anonymous. It just says coder three. I would say yes.
0: Uh, okay I so
1: i I follow a couple of the big
0: wigs at Bioware um and I'm waiting for them to mention it. They mentioned the development of Dragon Age, the new Dragon Age game. yes, but they still haven't said anything about an upcoming coder game, and so like I'm just I'm hoping that it's just gonna be one of those things where it's like a sleeper like like a screenshot or something or like it just like I feel I feel like that's something that's that's gonna happen.
1: Side note, I, feel
0: re- I feel really good about it.
1: Completely unrelated. Did you see that Anthem Details came out for how loot's going to be in Anthem 2.0? And it's literally just Destiny? And I was like, that's cool. You could just take all the angry Destiny people and they'll just ping pong between both games. We'll talk about that later. Uh,
0: yeah, we'll talk about that on Wednesday. <laughs>
1: Uh My feelings. From Anonymous. Tim, you don't have to answer this because you have before, so I'm going to do the thing. But, Tim, why do you hate Jar Jar so much? I want you to go um, back and go to almost every episode of Star Wars and Scotch. Yeah. David asks, what becomes of the other solo children? There are no other solo children. Double check that before you say that out loud, Tim. Because they'll <laughs> jump on you like a, like a spider monkey. I mean, okay. All right. So are we talking about... What are we? Are we talking about from canon? Would be my guess. E, are we talking about EU? No, that's Jason and and Jaina.
0: Okay, so what? I don't. I don't ever remember. So in any of the books that I've read so far, there's been no talk about
1: Leia being pregnant with another child. In canon, there are no other solo kids. has seems to be unanimous on this.
0: Yeah, that's why I was like, <laughs> wait, is yeah? Because I mean, they they never mention another another solo.
1: Alright, Tim, Jeff wants to take two Star Wars characters, put them into the octagon, and they want to know where our money is. The battle would be between Jar Jar and Wicket. My guess is that... Wicket
0: would kick his ass. I don't
1: know. I think Jar Jar would accidentally get Wicket into a a crazy submission. (laughs) Oh, 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 no! (laughs) Misa, choke you out! (laughs) Yacha. I think Wicket would win. I go with Jar Jar winning on accident. Hmm. Where would ask? Do you think Rian is producing Tyka's film, or will that be Kevin Feige? Uh, or the film Kevin Feige is producing? Did COVID give Feige more or less time uh, with the MCU being pushed? I'm gonna let Tim handle that one.
0: Wait, I, I didn't get the. Do you think Rian
1: Johnson is producing Tyka's film, or is he going to produce the film that Kevin? Or is wait?
0: Okay, I'm terrible with names. Who is Rian Johnson again? Rian
1: Johnson directed The Last Jedi. Taika Waititi, you know who he is. Oh, yeah, I know Taika is. And Kevin fight fight Feige Feige, I don't know how you say his name. Uh, you know who he is, right? He's the Marvel guy. Uh, yes, yeah. I had to go. I had to Google him. So I'm, basically, I'm, which I'm
0: great with I'm great with faces. I'm terrible at names. Which um, two of
1: those people are making a film as producer and film runner, whatever you want to call it, writer? Uh, and I guess secondary, did did COVID give uh Kevin Feige? Feige, I don't know how you say his name, more or less time with the MCU being pushed.
0: Man, that's a that's an interesting question. I mean, I I would since Tyka has more like he has a bigger Marvel background, then I would say it'd
1: be Kevin. Because they're more apt to work together? They,
0: like, yeah. I mean, he's already, like, Tycho's already produced stuff for Marvel or directed stuff for Marvel. He's made amazing films. So him and Kevin have a good working relationship, I would assume. And then did COVID push back? Did, did COVID give Kevin more time working on the MCU? Is that, was that the other part of the question?
1: Yeah, well, it says, that, did it push back the MCU enough that he can work on the Star Wars stuff?
0: Oh, I don't. I don't think so. I do. I, you know, I don't think so. I would assume that they are working at whatever capacity they are allowed to work at with with where we're at. Um, a couple of things have been pushed back, but not badly enough to really think that it's going to be like there's really anything to worry about. I mean, like a lot, a lot of a lot of of movies and shows are already back to filming. Um, they're just being really careful about it. Um. So, I mean, I, I guess the stall in filming, like in the actual stuff that's in production, definitely could have given them time to brainstorm new products, new projects, and other films that they were working on. But I, I wouldn't think that it, it, it stalled them enough. So, I will say no to that answer or that question.
1: Anonymous asks, Who are the top three droids in all of Star Wars? Uh, and they listed theirs. Uh, I'm two out of three with you, Anonymous. And Tim, you can answer afterward. Mine would be Chopper, K2. And R2-D2, because you can't—R2-D2 is, is so meaningful to the entire franchise for multiple reasons. But I love Chopper. Uh, he probably had the biggest personality in any Star Wars content, and K2 is just a joy uh, in, in uh, Rogue One. Um,
0: Mine would be Chopper, R2-D2, and IG-11. I really like Ig. I like. I love Ig's story, and I love the way that they animated him. I thought he was an amazing robot. Um, they really took Ig eighty eight. Um, that was nothing more than just like this thing you see for just a couple frames. I mean, same as like any of the other bounty hunters that we know and love that have become like a very popular thing. Uh, you see them just for for a, a brief second um, in Empire and so I think IG-11 was super fun. I really loved him in The Mandalorian, so those are probably my three favorite.
1: Chat, I I love HK-47. Love, but I love these other more. I think if we had HK played out on this big screen, it might be different. I love HK. And if you play uh, Swotor, you get HK-51. Remember HK, Tim, from Coder? Mm -hmm. I do. Query.
0: (laughs) He was fun, but it's just like I... I felt like he was
1: gonna kill me the entire time. Yeah,
0: like he's—it's
1: not like there's no—I
0: I just had a—I mean, I guess maybe because when I was I was younger when I played Star Wars, a uh, nice old Republic. So like for me, like HK wasn't as—he didn't really mean enough to me, I guess, like, as a kid. And so, but like Chopper for me, it was just like a super fun robot. Like he was just—he—he he, he was essentially the R two D two to the Rebels, and then R two the way that he like. The way that he has progressed through the timeline of Star Wars is super fun. Um, especially as we get into the newer trilogy. It's just like he's this, like, beaten down. He's just gone through so much stuff. He's lost hope. And then he gets it back again. And it's just like R2 has a really fun story. Um, and then, again, I think And the way
1: him. R2 weaves himself throughout so many different characters throughout the entire franchise at this point is just so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I like Adalteria and The Force Awakens when they woke R2 up. I was like,
0: Whoa. Oh my gosh, Whoa. yeah, when he pulls the cover off, there's dust everywhere, and he's yeah. just been in hibernation for forever. Yeah,
1: uh, people are also saying BD1 and 3PO. I think BD1 will be more meaningful to all of us when we reach the end of this trilogy. Um, BD,
0: BD is fun, he's a really fun companion. He's just not enough for me to have this like emotional attachment to him yet, yeah, uh, uh, like. I love him, and and, and BB 8s cool, but like for like BB Eight did not fit the same spot that R two D two fits. Yeah, BB Eight like there well, is just like BB 8s really neat. He's a cool, he's a cool little robot guy, and he's he rolls and stuff, and it's cool. It's just like R two. There is so much more to R two. There's there's love and compassion. He's this very like po, like Poe and BB Eight have a really cool relationship, and I love that. But R two like to to Kevin's point. R two D two, through the entirety of nine movies, has woven himself into the lives of multiple predominant characters in the films. He starts off with Anakin, and and then he like is with Padme, and then he goes with Obi Wan, and then Luke, and then like Han and Rey, and it's just like it's all of this stuff, and it's just like it's it's hard. Like he is he is as much a part of star wars as luke and han and leia and he is just a, a staple character to the franchise and so it's just like that's a those, those are big shoes to fill and it's it's impossible for for that little that little roly guy to fit that which is fine not everybody needs to fit those shoes so we can also and, and, do and BD was cool like but he just like he was a sidekick he wasn't like this like this character that i just
1: absolutely fell in love with l3 can also get a, a, a mention she's she's actually right there behind me on my my shelf which we'll probably get more l3 now in the lando show i'm afraid of what
0: what he did to her
1: uh joe asked will they ever retcon revan revan's already been retconned we're trying to get revan back into the fold which is already happening to compliment Roy's question, what do we think about doing the Darth Revan Chronicles? Roy, go back.
0: <laughs> I feel like we've talked about it. And listened to previous before, episodes. Right.
1: Anonymous asked, do y'all like rye whiskey? If you give me rye in a cup with uh, either dry like- or dryer on the rocks, I will drink it. I don't really keep it in my house.
0: I like, like, Bullet. Bullet, I like it mixed into things. That's not, like,
1: it's not a... It's not a good indication that you like rye though yeah if you can't drink it straight i don't think you technically quote-unquote like something yeah water is the only acceptable thing to mix with something that you like
0: yeah no i mean like yeah i like i I will mix bullet and stuff but i just like that's definitely not my go-to whiskey
1: sanctuary asks, do you find that the overall timeline of star wars films is fuzzy and too much is implied within the universe obi-wan and friends ages don't line up etc etc yep We've discussed Obi Wan's aging. Um, there's definitely been things because they've been created in three different eras.
0: We've talked about this multiple times. Yeah, um, a lot. A lot of this just, you know, just just to kind of just like TLDR it. There is a lot of there's a lot of gaps. The original three, and then you've got this weird this weird gap in time until they decide to make another three. But then they take it back twenty years in the past, and so because they abruptly went back to the beginning. And then try to try to pick up like they, they left off episode three and then they just assumed like it would make sense that to start off at four. But there's so much stuff that they left out in between those that people kind of had to like fill in the gaps on themselves uh, by themselves and on their own. And then we eventually started getting more and more stuff. It also didn't help that we had the expanding universe and then the expanding universe was completely shut down. And then we had to figure out what was actually canon and what's not. So it's like, yes. Star Wars is very fuzzy, but it's getting better and a lot of the the fuzziness, the gaps, the stuff that doesn't make sense is getting filled in. you know now that you can go back and you can watch you can watch Rogue One and then pick up right after Rogue one into episode four and they transition beautifully like you can literally end the final the final frame of episode four before um, Rogue One before the credits start to roll and go right into episode four, it lines up perfectly. It is beautifully done. Um, and so they're doing more and more of that. And so I think between the comics, the books, the new movies, we're finally getting the entire puzzle.
1: Retconning the universe and creating your own story, uh, keeping some of it as canon, has created a puzzle. And all of the, the folks at Lucas LucasArts are just looking at this puzzle and trying to fit pieces in and, and make sure and they I fit.
0: Think, and I think that's the big reason why they, they, they wanted to get away from the Skywalker saga. Because... They know that there was so much. There was many things that were disjointed. There was a lot of things that just didn't make sense between all of all of it. They needed to finish it. It needed to be done. They needed closure, and now we can finally go elsewhere. We can start. We can we can have an entire picture from the beginning. Like we can finally look at this big canvas and not look at it in just little bitty pieces and try to find the parts that are missing and put it back in.
1: Um. I just noticed him for the, like the nerd purist that we were talking about before. Cause I have the, uh, stuff on my shelf behind me. I have sting Cal's lightsaber, oh. John snow, standing next to a Balrog with the ring, like hanging off of him underneath a servitor next to L3 next, to <laughs> next to Mr. Rogers next to master chief's helmet. <laughs> Wait, Mr. Rogers. Yeah. I got Mr. Rogers pop. Look. Uh, <sighs> Oh, it's a pop yeah i got him for christmas see he's got his little oh. trolley cart he's adorable it's the cutest thing is it tom hanks no it's, it's, hanks. it's mr rogers it's a pop no, it's tom hanks all right fine he fell i'll get him later um yeah it's oh. got to be triggering for somebody if grievous never used a red lightsaber this comes from anonymous how did he kill his first jedi do you think he started using them after he got his first kill
0: i think he shot him with a blaster or he ripped him in, like ripped him in pieces. We actually don't know enough about Grievous. That'd be a fun book. That would be a fun book or a fun set of comics. So like we see we see Grievous's lair at uh it's in one of the episodes in Clone Wars. I don't remember which season, but we end up going there. We actually see that there's many of him, like exoskeletons, like armor and stuff. So it's like whatever whatever the the a little bit of human that's left in him he can essentially like just keep getting put into new versions of himself, and so that's that's very very interesting. But he was a man at one point.
1: I gotta find a voice setting for the Go XLR that would work for Grievous. General Kenobi, Kenobi, I I gotta find Hello there. It. Uh, we've talked about the Qui-Gon story, Davis. So,
0: isn't human, uh, a person of some sort, alien. He has eyes and a heart. I mean, I don't know.
1: He is a, I forget the name of his species, uh, Kalish. There you go. He's the Kalish were a warlike people, but he's mostly cyborg now. He was Kalish, he was born Quimian Jai Shalil of the Kalish. Uh, there you go. Oh, he actually. So
0: Kalish,
1: huh.
0: oddly enough, Kalish remind me of. It looks like Revenant from Apex. Oh, it's wild.
1: There. So most of Kalish are always wearing masks. You rarely see him without mask. But there's a there's a few Kalishian. Um, Swotor, and you can get one as. Uh, I'm looking, I'm I'm a... am looking princess. at.
0: I'm looking at. I'm looking at the them um, now. This is interesting.
1: Yeah, they're pretty cool. Yeah, they are neat looking. War. War. Warlike society, from what I remember. Do you know a website that has all the books lined up chronologically? Uh, there's a full timeline on StarWars.com, I believe. But I don't
0: think it completely covers all of the
1: written. If pieces. not, you can Google it, and someone will ha- have comprised that for you. I'm Who's your favorite obscure character, and why is it Hondo? I have to tell you, mm, I can't tell you that. What I was about. To I say. love Hondo. He's great. I I need Tim to go to Galaxy's Edge.
0: There's a fully animated Hondo in uh, the one of the rides. All right,
1: I can say it. There's a fully animated Hondo inside the Millennium Falcon. I, I saw Pro.
0: I saw it in one of the I saw it in one of the behind the scenes videos, and it was it was a fully animated Hondo, and I thought that was amazing. I think I
1: got him on the vlog when I went.
0: Maybe that's what it was.
1: Maybe I watched that. I'm. It's so cool, Hondos. Like seeing Hondo, remember how you were like, "I'm so scared for um, Ahsoka and Ezra and Sabine to be played out as act- actors on the screen." Yes, seeing a Hondo as an animatronic completely gave me faith that they can pull it off. Because to me, Hondo, I don't. There's no Hondo in in non animated, right? Uh, if there is, I don't remember it.
0: No, he's always been animated. Uh, Yeah, so there's a full, uh, just going back to that question, there is an entire Star Wars canon universe timeline that also includes all of the books. If you want to see where they all fall, it does exist.
1: Mando season two trailer is supposed to drop this month. Oh, I am very excited for that. Lucas, where do you think the next book will take, uh, the next Thrawn book will take us, Tim?
0: Uh, I don't know because I'm not caught up on all the Thrawn books yet. I'm just at the beginning of, of book two. So I don't know. And please don't ruin it for me.
1: Anonymous, we answered the what happens at the end of Rebels question before. Anonymous also asked, do you think Yoda will appear in the High Republic in some form? We've answered that. The answer is 125%. Most definitely. The He'll probably be the he... only the only character we know.
0: They need something to hook us back into the Star Wars that we know and Yoda can definitely fit that. A young a young Yoda, he's roughly 200 years old. Right? By that by that point, Yoda this is 400 years this is 400 years before episode 4? It's
1: 200. I thought it was 400. It's only 200. So he's oh, probably so 400 he's, 500 years old.
0: 400-ish, which is still fairly young for him. He's in his prime. He's getting all that. B- no, I'm sorry. Doesn't he say he's 900 years old at at, at the at the, at the la, uh, Return of the Jedi?
1: How old is Yoda? Doesn't he go nine hundred year nine hundred years old. Nine hundred years old. So he's seven hundred. Yeah.
0: So so he's seven hundred by that point. Okay. So he's he's roughly in his seventies. So he's still kind of old. Never mind. I take that back. I could have sworn we said it was 400 years in the past.
1: It originally I thought it was, and then everything's been saying 200 lately. Oh, uh, the last few questions are good. What is the origin story of the chosen one prophecy? I honestly don't know what it is. Oh,
0: we talked about this. We talked about this on stream the other day. Someone asked me and I said, ask it during Star Wars and Scotch. And I was going to do my research and I totally forgot. And I'm sorry, but I wanted to talk about it anyways. Okay.
1: Do you know, Kevin? No, I don't. Should we
0: Google it real quick and talk about it? Because I think that's an amazing question. I'm looking at it now. Okay. You read So it. the Okay, so the Chosen One. This is from Wikipedia. The Chosen One was the central figure in the Jedi prophecy that foretold the coming of the one destined to bring balance to the Force by destroying the Sith. The prophecy also affected the realm of Mortis. As the father believed, in the event of his death, only the Chosen One had the strength to pres- uh, preserve balance between the son and the daughter. During the final years of the Galactic Republic, Jedi Master Qui-Gon Jinn discovered the Chosen One in the form of Anakin. Um, so it sounds like the prophecy came from, okay, so a a Jedi prophecy, a chosen one shall come born of no father and through him will ultimate balance in the force. Uh, it will be restored. So this seems, so it's a, it's a prophecy that's foretold by someone in the Jedi order, but it's, um, if you go back and watch, uh, Clone Wars, it's when Anakin goes to Mortis and he meets the father the daughter and the son and that's when the daughter actually gives her life to Ahsoka to bring her back because she died. And that's why and that's why Ahsoka has a tie to the daughter's um owl thing. So it seems like it was a it was a uh, a prophecy that was essentially given to a Jedi by the father.
1: Do they talk about the mother in those episodes? Because you know who the mother is, and we've talked about it, I think. We've
0: talked about it, in that's Expanding Universe, though, right? That's yeah, not canon. Yeah, abaloth is she's the mother. Terrifying. She's terrifying. She's the, essentially the entire bo- embodiment of evil.
1: She, she, not even evil. She's like basically like the void. Remember the nothing in, in the never-ending story? Yes. That's what she reminds me of. Yeah. Uh, even Lou like, so the- couldn't, couldn't handle her.
0: But that was the other thing too is like the father was essentially the balance he was the middle ground he was he was every he was what kept the daughter and the son in check because the son the son is is pure evil the daughter is pure goodness and the father was the balance between the two and he kept everything harmoniously balanced and when the father when the when the son betrayed the father that's when things got out of whack and Anakin was supposed to take his place Anakin was supposed to become essentially the gray he was supposed to be the the balance between the two and he said no.
1: He didn't want to do it. So. If Anakin curious. didn't chop off Mace's hand at the end of uh, Revenge of the Sith and instead dulled him, who would win, Anakin or Mace? So. If you go by, I'm going to go by EU Mace in this because it's very important. There was fan fiction written about this. So for those of you who don't know, in the, in the EU legends, Mace had a, I don't want to say a problem, but Mace. Silently fought and channeled his anger when he fought in the EU. He was not. What do they call it? You're not supposed. To, you're supposed to fight. The Jedi like samurai is to be like yeah. honorable. He's- yeah, and balance and whatnot. No, he used to fight with anger. So there's a whole thing. Uh, fan fiction I found on Reddit years ago of Mace living through the fall. And basically, he becomes a great Jedi in the wilderness, but all the while he's plotting his revenge against Anakin. <laughs> it's that it's a really cool fan fiction, but it bases I it on like the fact that. that Anakin used to, or that Mace used to fight with anger. Given the circumstances, everything points to Mace being a better swordsman than pretty much everyone else in the Jedi Order. Uh, so Mace probably would have won, and I think that's actually why Lucas had them trick him because it was the only way to beat him. Because you couldn't beat Mace in a one-on-one lightsaber battle. I think that was the whole point of that entire scene was that Mace probably could have taken both of them out. I wish they would have done that. But even in that scene, you see Mace struggling with his anger because he's like, he's too dangerous to, to keep be kept alive. <laughs> I love that. You mother... They should just let him go dude He should just let him be angry I we i you ever think about like the whole story's different if he kills him right there Anakin would have been upset but I don't think we would have gotten Darth Vader out of the equation no most definitely not that also would have been the end of the Sith unless right. he had his contingency plan in place already
0: oh that's an interesting thought do you think he had his um crap what was that what was that plan called it was um uh operation cinder
1: i feel like he did the man was always prepared
0: cinder, i wonder if he had cinder in place
1: he he was always prepared he was always 10 steps ahead of everyone else he had a contingency plan for his death i guarantee you
0: you think he's like he was ready to turn and burn everything
1: before it even started yes. do you see who we're dealing with
0: That's interesting.
1: It doesn't matter if he had an empire. He always had an out. He He always had a way to move on to the next step of his plan no matter what. The guy manipulated the two greatest forces in the galaxy into fighting each other while he pulled the strings of both. You don't think he had a contingency plan in case somebody stabbed him in the throat? Especially, oh, you want to get deep? Oh, uh, I'm getting hard. Um, (laughs) You want to get deep? Especially if everything that we see in The Rise of Skywalker indicates that he had learned the power of the EU ancient Sith Emperor, the Eternal Emperor. If he had learned the power of the Eternal Emperor, then he definitely was 10 steps ahead of the game and ready to be killed. To move on to the next host, or the next body, or the next whatever he wanted to. If everything in that movie indicates that he had learned that that power, which to me it does, then he was ten steps ahead of the game.
0: Uh, uh <laughs> I didn't, uh, crap.
1: Down boy. Uh, that's heavy, dude. Alright, let's fly through these. <clears throat> Revan movie, we've already answered. Um, do you think we'll see Darth Plagueis uh, even in a small cameo in the High Republic? Yes.
0: Ooh. Would that be the... Wait. Ha, would that... Where does, where does his timeline fall? Darth Plagueis age.
1: He lived for 115 years. He might be dead.
0: I, ju- I, I, have, I have the Darth Plagueis
1: book. It might be um, just... I
0: started, I started listening Or not alive. To sorry,
1: not dead. Um, Who is his master?
0: Oh, crap. Uh, he, the way he kills him is actually really interesting, but I
1: don't Darth remember.
0: Tenebrous.
1: Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Tenebrous appeared in uh, the 2012 novel Darth Plagueis as the master of Darth Plagueis. He kills him. Tenebris, And isn't the Sith Legion named after him? Yeah, one of the Sith legions in uh, Rise of Skywalker is named after Darth Tenebris. Uh, Darth Tenebris was. Come on, give me an age.
0: Uh, he I'll looks forget. cool as heck. Uh, he was born prior to 167 BBY. He died 67 BBY, so
1: he's 100 years old. Yeah, so Tenebris might be in the High Republic. Are there any legend stories that you'd like to see get added to the universe, such as Rogue Squadron or the Orlando books? I would love to see elements of legend stories added to the universe, i.e., the most common one we always talk about is the Yuzan Vong. Um, again, that's stuff that would be added in literature, maybe Disney Plus, maybe something animated. It's not something you're going to see on the big screen. Uh, but yes, uh, I would love characters and elements of all of that to be added into Disney's universe. Tim
0: I don't have enough knowledge of the EU to really comment on that I just it just when when the EU thing was big I just wasn't really I wasn't into it
1: so. uh if you could exchange one actor from Lord of the Rings and one actor from Star Wars who would they be and for what roles so from oh. from from okay if I could exchange one actor from Star Wars to Lord of the Rings I would love to see Liam Neeson play Aragorn.
0: Oh. Oh, that's interesting. I think that'd oh, be a that's fun very
1: that's very interesting, Kevin. I think that'd be a fun fun play there. Um the other way. Um Man, I don't even know if there's anyone I'd want from Orlando I Bloom as
0: Anakin. That would be interesting. Yeah.
1: I'd watch I don't know, that movie. I don't know how I'd feel about that. I'd watch that movie. Huh. Uh, thoughts, thoughts on what a fight between Gideon and Mando would look like head on. Will he be able to keep up? I mean, it depends. Are we talking blasters? Are we talking vibroblade versus dark blade? Like, what are we talking about? There's fist fight. I don't know.
0: I mean, we also don't know enough about Gideon and his training. Um, you know, we talked about it uh, one of the pr- uh, previous episodes. Like, could he could he potentially be an inquisitor? Um, like there's there's a lot there's there's a lot there's a lot of unknowns when it comes to Moth Gideon. Uh, we just don't know enough about. His, we know he's an ISB agent, but we don't know what his combat skills look like. So I really, I, I don't know. I can't really comment on that one.
1: In Attack of the Clones, Dooku mentions Darth Sidious to Obi-Wan, but in Clone Wars, the Jedi act as if they've never heard of him, so I'm confused. Did, does he mention him by name?
0: Oh, wait, what?
1: Does Dooku I... mention Sidious to Obi- Obi-Wan by name? He calls him Darth Sidious he in does. Clone Wars. And then, no, in Attack of the Clones. Oh, in Attack of the Clones? And then I don't in Clone Wars, he... the Jedi Order doesn't... Know who he is? I've never picked up on that. Well now I'm curious. So is that just another is that just a cannon hole?
0: I don't know. Now now I want to He doesn't
1: Does say that Palpatine. Actually happen? Yeah, because if he said Palpatine, it would change the entire oh, face of throw, all the movies. No, but no,
0: no. <laughs> if he calls him Darth Sidious, though, if he calls if he mentions Darth Sidious in the movie, but then they don't know of Darth Sidious until towards the end of Clone Wars, I think it's like end of season five or somewhere. It's when
1: Assume he's lying is what Woolly says. Yeah, I could see that. That makes sense. Just to, to assume that he was lying to him and trying to throw him yeah. off the, the trail. Like, oh, it's not me. It's Darth City. Sidious. Like, yeah, okay, buddy. Sure. I could see that. Yeah, that's fair. That's a fair assessment. Fair assessment. Fair assessment. Assessment? Yeah, fair assessment, Tim.
0: An assessment. Okay, Kevin. woo. Tim and I going to go do a scav <laughs> and a oh, the- a th- a a th- That's
1: what's going to happen in the scavron. He's, he's, he's got the bug challenge. Oh, I gotta play more we gotta go uh, Chad thank you so much for hanging out with us I have to go get gear that I don't need Um, <laughs> we appreciate you Chat. we seriously do thank you for hanging out with us uh, we do this every Monday night if you're new here uh, we're live on fb.gg slash rare drop co twitch.tv slash rare drop for Star Wars and Scotch if you want to check it out all the past episodes audio video you can go to rare drop.co also there's a ton of other shows there's merch the whole nine yards so you can get it all there check everything out on co. he's darkest 429 on facebook fb.gg live every day and i'm well most days i am kmagic101 uh on twitch kevin x vision on twitter kmagic101 everywhere else thank you so much for joining us tim you gotta tell me to punch us in hyperspace or else we'll never get out of here because we got
0: <laughs> guys we gotta go save the, the the galaxy kevin punch
1: it i did i, I didn't wait oh we're in there okay <laughs> bye guys <laughs> chat thank you so much we appreciate you again RareChop.co. go check everything out say hi to tim tomorrow he's gonna be playing cod right
0: yeah season five tomorrow
1: season five chat. season five you all have a good one and we will talk to you soon bye the force be with you you, you didn't say it, kevin
0: for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time